None of the voices in this series are ongoing patients of Esther Perel. Each episode of Where Should We Begin is a one-time counseling session. For the purposes of maintaining confidentiality, names and some identifiable characteristics have been removed, but their voices and their stories are real. Support for Where Should We Begin comes from Solaray, a brand of supplements I use myself. Solaray has a new line of women's supplement called Her Life Stages, and it includes a powerful solution for postmenopause. Her Life Stages Postmenopause is a doctor-formulated supplement to help you with lingering hot flashes, night sweats, mood, sleep, weight loss, and cognitive health. Visit solaray.com and use code ESTER20 to save 20% on this and any stages formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode of Where Should We Begin is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Get your quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. be honest, I'm waiting for him to make a decision because obviously I can't. Nine months ago, this woman found out that her husband had reconnected with a childhood girlfriend in his hometown where he went to visit his ailing mother. And I remember that first night I went to the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, listen, I was like, we're good. You got this. This is fine. I have this under control. It's been nine months that they're grappling with the ravages of this infidelity, but also decades long of acting out on his part, proceeding. Little did I know that he had been going online to all these different chat rooms. At first, I, I kind of wanted to seek the solace of strangers. It happened over time. A decision needs to be made because the other relationship is not over, contrary to what the wife thought. But she wants him to make the decision, and his decision would be not to make a decision. He's still just hedging his bets all the time. He won't commit. I feel like sometimes I'm living with, like, a time bomb. He's been telling me he loves me and he wants to be with me and this is where he wants to be. And, and at the same time, he's still been in communication with this other person. And I don't trust. I don't trust what he's telling me. Like over the past nine months, he's said these same things and saying these things to this other woman at the same time. And he's like a chameleon pleasing whoever he's with based upon what he needs. So, you know. Tell me, that sentence that you just gave me, he pleases everyone he's with. That's new, or that's the man you've known? 
I think he, yes, he's, he's definitely a perfectionist and definitely someone who goes above and beyond to make people happy or to do well in work. He's there 110%. And I've always known that and I've always seen that and I've loved that. But I didn't know what disappointment it was giving him maybe internally when he wasn't pleasing somebody. He can't let it go. He can't let it go. And that yeah. Even- yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Mm-hmm. Say more. She knows you well, but say more. I grew up in, uh, it was just my mother and I, and I think um, I was always in a position of having to prove. I, I think I was very, I was driven early, almost mm-hmm. to kind of prove that I more than belonged. I very quickly get a sense that this man has a story. And he repeats the story to himself. The child of the single mother, the only child of divorce in his school. But at the end of the story, he still doesn't really understand why he's doing what he's doing. You know, I can't, my, my behavior is not completely explainable. And I don't know if it, it was a midlife crisis or kind of what was happening. And we, we're so much farther along in these nine months. She says in these nine months that I've said certain things and then done things to negate the things that I've said. You can talk to her. And I think in many ways I've been trying to figure it out, but on my timeline. And... While I've been trying to pull away, haven't pulled away exclusively, been able to really cut the cord. But I'm, you know, I'm working on it. And I know that doesn't sound right, but it's really all I can have, could do at this time. No, I don't think so. No? No. I think part of why you seem to be hitting a wall. See, it's because there is a kind of a manifest story. But then there's a latent story, and that one isn't clear to you. Mm-hmm. On some level, you don't really know what's happening to you. You know what you've done. Yes. But you don't really know why what. Why now? How come? And I wanted to ask you first, what have you understood so far? Of, of, of my of actions? You, of you, yeah. Of your actions, and most importantly, of what your actions tell you. You know, I think uh, uh, there was such a curiosity at the beginning when in the chat rooms. You know, it was such a curiosity. I, I loved getting to know other people. And in a, in a, in a, I, I described it as fishing, because I was basically fishing to try to gather their attention in these chat rooms and how you could do that. And, and even though there was a sexual component to it, I learned a lot about human behavior. I really did. Mm-hmm. And what did you learn about you? That I was likable. <laughs> that there was something of value that, that people liked me. You know, the women liked me. You know, 
And I think along because because slow down, slow down. Because before that, I thought and felt what alone, more alone, more isolated. And I thought of myself as what. And you can connect that guy with yeah. the teenage one and with the younger one. I am likable and I am not what I've always thought of myself, which is what? I rub people the wrong way, even when I wasn't trying to rub them the wrong way. I just, I just rub people the wrong way. And in the chat rooms, I might be worth spending a couple minutes with, you know? But it's low risk. Sure. What other tricks did you try? Hmm. I stumbled on this name dopamine in there, and I thought that was ironic. And I, I, you know, reached out, said something that I probably thought was semi-clever, and she responded. And I was really trying to stop the whole process at this point. I really was. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Are you okay listening to this? Yeah. I mean, I, I want to listen. I mean, you do? I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because I can also take a few minutes alone with him. No. Because I know about this person, and I'm, I need the truth. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because what I'm hoping to do with him and with you is to get away from the truth about the other people and get closer to the truth about him. I know. If he starts to talk now about the women, to me, it's a deflection. I agree. I agree. So as seductive as it may be to hear about her and to think you're going to find something there or he's going to find something there, but I hope that you leave here with things that you haven't yet talked, felt, or thought about. And I think you may get more from understanding the meaning than the facts. And some of this is going to be for you to not fall into your typical stories. Mm. If you just tell it as the next anecdote, you won't learn anything new about you. And this is true for all of us. We have a way of thinking about ourselves, we have a way of understanding ourselves, and then we pile up stories that come to confirm it. But the truth doesn't lie there. And the understanding doesn't lie there. You may stay in this marriage, you may leave this marriage, and you won't have understood squat. The issue is not, can you make a decision? You don't know what the decision is about. It is about the marriage and not the marriage, but it's also about... What happened to you? Mm -hmm. And with the latest woman and the latest installment, but also throughout your life. And this I say to you too, you kind of organize yourselves around, we must make a decision. Does he stay in the attic or does he come back to the bedroom? Yeah. Tell me something. What happened in the car? One part of his story that did seem to matter a great deal 
was a recent interaction with his teenage daughter in the car. They made a crack about me not being their real father, right? Who is they? My children. Where I felt super disrespected, which I haven't done well with my whole life, obviously. That would be a trigger point for me. And they said you were not their father because? Well, because we had problems having babies and we needed a donor. And we told them at a very early age in an effort to be healthy that, you know, mommy and daddy needed some help. And so, you know, I went through two surgeries and we really, we, we did everything we could. We went to the top of the line and um, I had a backup. I had a donor backup. Did you tell the daughters how hard you worked on this? How yeah. much you tried? Yeah. You, they yeah. know all of that. So basically, they knew that this is your Achilles' heel. Yeah. And if they really want to get at you, this yeah. is the thing they need to throw at you? Pretty yeah. much. It's just words. Like, they they understand. Do you know what I mean? They're just they understand nothing. Right. They don't understand how much it hurts him. No. I can't. And they don't understand how much this may also be at the core of a lot of your acting out. Yeah. The friend, the woman I grew up with in, in my hometown, um, you know, she, it's, it's ironic that she has two boys. I, I also think it's ironic that she's a single mother. Of course, it's not ironic. It's, <laughs> I know. It's extremely well chosen. You need enough elements to be able to repeat your story, your origin story, and maybe have the opportunity to play with it and change it. Yeah. But do you know what you're trying to change? Myself? I don't know. But I think what I, specifically? in some ways I can actually rewind history for me, right? I could be some be there for someone who seems really appreciative, too. You know? I mean, one of the things I got in trouble with with her is I stumbled on this book. He's a runner, and I, I sent him a book that I knew that he would really, really like because I, I wanted him to know that I was watching from afar, that I cared about, that I, I mean, that... I wanted him to know that he was valued. I have a sense that what I've just watched is a very old dynamic here, whereby he highlights how the girls make him feel that he's not legit by throwing at him the genetic factor. They can really go and say, you're not my dad. Something that kids often will say to parents when they're upset. But when there is a piece of truth to it, some element, even though he's raised them from day one, they really know where they're aiming. And then the mother tries to defend the girls by just saying, it's just words. The girls don't understand what he's going through. But in that moment, maybe the mother doesn't either. And so he experiences that as a microaggression. He doesn't say it. I'm not even sure it's conscious. And then when he cries about how he was able to be so kind to the son of his lover, who doesn't question his DNA, and so his competence and his legitimacy is intact, 
then he's basically firing back a microaggression at the wife to say, here I may be incompetent, but there I'm deeply appreciated. You have, you have two girls. They still need you. Yeah. They, need, they need a father to, to, to really throw himself into them. I know. I just can't change them. I, I, you know, the little ones. But you're not supposed to change them. I, I can't even. But, I, but I have to wait for them to come to me, you know? Why is that? They don't want to talk about it. No, anything. no, no, no. Don't put it all on them. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm tough on them. And I'm tough on them. I want them to be great. I want them to apply themselves and... So you're replaying the not enough, prove yourself? Yeah, I guess so. That's the only way I knew how to get there. And they love him so much. And it kills me, the heat that... It just kills me. But there's like, they're all like this with each other. All of them, in different ways, but the three of them are like this with each other. No, we go off on our own trips. We, we did that. We used to do that. Don't argue. No. Listen for a split second. I'm not saying <laughs> that there's not moments. But I think, I think there is some, some wall or something where I think the older one is more, more mature, more articulate to be able to not be afraid to say what she feels. And she will be very direct about how she feels. And she's not afraid to, to challenge you. No. The younger one, though, hasn't found a voice yet. And she's in that awkward age where she doesn't even understand what her voice is. I think the younger one doesn't talk because everybody else does the talking for her. And I she think- She also has her escapes. And that's why she escapes. Well, she has these darn devices. Right. And she watches her you know, repeated television shows. This it's easier. Ridiculous. It's easier. She doesn't have to fight with them. She can think what she wants to think about those shows and not have somebody else tell her, no, you're wrong the way that you're thinking. One moment you get over-involved and you want to control the whole thing, and the next minute, because you don't succeed at it, you say, fuck it. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. I've had it. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. And... Then, on occasion, you think, no, I'm not going to do what my father did. I'm not going to abandon my children. Right. But then you say, I want to be rewarded for that. And right. they have to make me feel good about the fact that I didn't do what he did. Right. Yeah, that's right. And because you're not doing well at home, you find yourself another family where you think you can come in as the shining prince. Yeah. And if I can't help my daughters, I'll help those little boys with whom you create this kind of overlapping identification. I once was that boy. And you confuse realities. Right. And I feel to that end that um, I'm being where someone also truly needs me and also understands me as well, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I, I'm not, just, just, just bear with me here as we go into this. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be hurtful. But I think there's a sense of, you know, you say people have responsibilities, right? And I know I have my responsibilities with you and, and the girls, but I feel terribly guilty 
having entered her life you know what? in such a way. You know I understand you know that really she makes has, you angry. But listen, 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 listen. She's got a family out there. She's got plenty of people to take care of her. She She's been taking care of herself and taking care of those boys and doing exactly what she wanted to do and making her choices way before you came into the picture. I know. And if you kind of can't, you've got to kind of understand that. Because I'm actually not here to kind of let you just go and live out your, your other reality. I know. That's the bottom line. I know. I've kind of had enough with that. I'm, I've been very, like, forgiving. I've been very patient. Very patient. But you say there's a decision to make. It's time to either actually put the work into this and figure this out or just go so then I can go live my life. He ain't going to make a decision. You're gonna make the decision. I know that. I know. I, I okay. know that. And I know. you're gonna have to accept that, you know, the way this ends goes is I want him to make the decision so I don't have to be the one that is responsible for breaking up my family. Let him do the dirty job it's his doing. And so then you end up sitting and waiting. You could wait for a few years like this. The woman is irrelevant. It's all about him. The test for you is to actually stay in a place where you're not doing so well and make it better. Mm -hmm. Rather than continuously seek out places, people, women in particular, who give you a stage to do mini performances. Mm -hmm. I, under I, I don't want to hurt her anymore. I, d I really don't. I just hope I, I have enough control to not hurt her anymore. I love her. I think that's what's so confusing to me. I, I, I just can't relate to not having control. If you know you're gonna do something that's gonna hurt somebody, then just don't do it. Like, I just, it's hard for me. Sometimes it's very hard to understand the logic of if you know it's going to hurt, why do you do it? What he's giving to the little boy inside of him, the affirmation, the importance, the whole spiel, the selfish part for him, in that moment takes precedence of everything. It's not what he's doing to others, it's what he's doing for himself. Yeah, but then that's like indulgence. Of, yep. That's yep. indulgence. And you will call it indulgence, and he will think that it is primary food. And that's the piece that needs to come out if this is to move. Not because you have to accept it but because it needs to be at least properly labeled. Yeah. Why, why is the little boy uh, so much the forefront right now? Why, why is he coming on with a vengeance? Because your mother got sick. Because you're about to lose your mother. There was a sincerity to this question. Maybe one of the first moments when he stopped and pondered. And 
as I'm listening to it, it sounds as if I was kind of impatient with him and dismissive. That was really not the idea. It was more just to say, it's so obvious, why now? But it came out as if I was saying, you don't know that, so obvious? And that's really not okay. Support for Where Should We Begin comes from Solaray. If you've been listening recently, you've heard me talk about a new line of women's supplement from Solaray, a brand I use myself. And what I like about Solaray is that their products are backed by science and they're made without any hormones or soy, so I know what I'm putting in my body. Their new line is called Her Life Stages, and among other things, it includes a powerful solution for postmenopause. Once we've hit menopause, we begin to experience different, unique health concerns. Hot flashes and night sweats can linger, your mood and sleep habits change, and your weight and cognitive health can be affected. Her Life Stages Postmenopause is a doctor-formulated solution that provides support for all of this. This formula includes clinically-backed ingredients that have been specifically studied for the postmenopause phase, ingredients like resveratrol and saffron. Visit solaray.com and use code ESTHER20 to save 20% on this and any other stages formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Support for Where Should We Begin comes from Masterclass. Your mind deserves as much care and attention as your work or your relationships. But many of us neglect to care for our intellectual well-being. Learning a new skill is a great way to nourish your mind, and Masterclass makes it easy to study with genius-level instructors from every industry. A Masterclass subscription unlocks an entire world of possibility with unlimited one-on-one -on -one classes that you can access at home or on the go. Masterclass offers more than 200 different courses taught by world-class instructors like Ron Howard and Lewis Hamilton. You'll also find a class that I taught about relational intelligence. My course combines a conceptual framework with practical skills to strengthen your relationships by focusing on communication, conflict resolution, and empathic listening. We all live in relationships, and so this is suited for all of us lifelong learners. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash begin. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash begin. Masterclass.com slash begin. You found another woman that actually helps you with your sense of terror and helplessness. Mm -hmm. In an interesting way, I think it has less to do with this family and more to do with your family of origin. Yeah. It's more about your mother than your wife and your daughters. The chat rooms, the nannies, all of that, that's a different story. But if you ask me for the timing, what better way to protect yourself against loss than to find someone who is completely dependent on you? You know, when you say that, that you know, there is this emotional connection, this person cares for you and loves you and everything. And I guess I'm going off a little off track here a little bit but about me at this moment. But It's okay. <laughs> you can insert yourself back in the story. Please do. Please do. Um, you know, it just... 
it just it makes me feel diminished. Like it makes me feel replaceable. It makes me feel replaceable. Knowing, you know, one thing he would say to me at the beginning is that if I had met this woman before I met you, this is someone I could have seen myself live my life with. I was so shocked. I thought I was finally giving him the family that he needed to complete himself. I know. I was I giving know. him the stability. I was trying to be, you know, loving and calm and compassionate and a good mother and... I was trying to do all these things. I thought it was like really giving you everything that you wanted. They were. And it's like, but that, but that's where it was. Did you hear? You were. I was, but it wasn't enough. But that may not be because you're not enough. That's the catch here: is to not translate this as if if I was more, he wouldn't do this. Instead of, I was plenty. I know. And whatever he did is not a response to you. You have got to know that. I know. Okay? No matter how much you've given him, there's a piece of it he's going to have to do on his own. I know. Or It, not. Or not. Or not. Can I, can I just say something to qualify the comment that I, this was someone I could live or see myself with a life with. I think in some ways, as warped as it may sound, I felt that was, it's not a compliment to you, but it's the idea that it, this wasn't just a, a, a floozy. This was someone of substance. The idea was, it was may an experience. I stop you? Yeah. I think the only are the most important thing at this moment, if you will say something to your wife, has to be about acknowledging how shitty a thing it was to say and how hurtful it was. And not to justify yourself. Seriously. Well, I really wasn't trying to hurt her. I don't care if you were trying, but when we do, you own it. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I am. Yeah, and what makes it worse is you keep justifying it. When sometimes it's just, someone just wants to hear, I'm sorry, and that was wrong. You know, the challenge for you is that you see yourself as a good person and you're doing not good things. And so you keep trying to close the gap There's a lot of things that have been triggered by the fact that his mother is dying. There's also a lot of acting out. From the chat rooms to the nannies to all kinds of unsavory behaviors. That really has happened over a 20-year period. So it's probably not the wisest thing to just try to come up with one reason to explain a whole behavior. I know I want to stay. I know I want to stay, and I know I want to fix this, and I know I want to, I want to move on. I don't want to have to answer for it forever. And I just want to work on putting it behind me. Go with me here. Putting it behind you. We, we all move forward. 
But part of putting that behind you is also acknowledging that this happened. And it is part of your story now. And it should be the catalyst or the inspiration to be like, where have I gone now because of this? I am. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm acknowledging that. I just want to talk about it a hundred times a day. Yeah, I get that. Okay. You know, our life obviously hasn't been completely easy. There have been, you know, the whole, everything about our infertility, you know, it took a long, long time. Not only him, but I went through many, 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 many different mm -hmm. treatments and medications, right? Mm -hmm. Miscarriages, you know, different things. And I've had a lot of loss on my side. I don't have my parents anymore. I don't have a sibling anymore. And I've had to kind of rush all these emotions along because I needed to kind of, I need to be a wife and I need to be a mother. And, and I think what I'm feeling right now with all of this, when you say you don't want to talk about it all the time, mm -hmm. is that I can't, this one, I just, I can't rush. It's like, I've just, if I'm feeling depressed, or I'm feeling anxious or, or something's triggering me, I shouldn't have to apologize for it. As if that's going to trigger you. And I think that's my biggest fear. You know? it's, no, it's not about that. Listen, I think we're also a very dramatic family. I, I, I think we Talk are. to her. Don't, don't bring I, I mean, me. I think we are prone to drama. And I just think there's, there's a sense of wallowing in it, too. You know? I yeah, mean, but when you, mm -hmm. when you kept all this connection going on with this other person, mm -hmm. it's like, I can sense that. It doesn't, I can't really move on and just pick myself up when it's continuing on. I like to think sometimes that when a crisis occurs like this in a relationship, it kind of lights up the scorecard of the relationship. The arrangements you made, the spoken and the unspoken compromises, the implicit agreements, the explicit ones. And what I'm hearing from you is, look, husband of mine, something that I realize is that I basically have continuously moderated my own emotional experience by checking in how it would affect you. <laughs> and if I didn't think you could take it, I would cut my grief short. I just have always asked myself, not what do I feel, but how will it affect you? you. And this has been pretty much the way we've been for 25 years. Gosh, that's terrible. I mean, I don't no, want you to do that. That is. It is neither a good thing or a terrible thing. These things are way more complicated than just right and wrong. But now my anger about all the other times when I cut things short because I was thinking of you is coming up because for once in my life, I need you to think about me first. Yes. So when, when she says, I need you to think about me, you can't start coming back and saying, honey, on occasion, just be a little happy. <laughs> this is bullshit. Right. Because you know damn well that part of why she can't is because you keep sniffing under her nose. Yeah. yeah. So 
you have to be really careful not to push each other out of the door mm. when actually nobody really wants to go anywhere. Nobody wants to go. I want to ask you something. Mm -hmm. Because you did mention loss and you mentioned your parents and you mentioned your siblings and you mentioned the miscarriages and you mentioned the fertility and you mentioned the sperm donor and you mentioned your mother. We need to talk about loss. You need to talk to each other about loss. I don't want to lose anymore. I can't lose anymore. How much more do I put up with because I'm afraid of loss? How much more do I put up with? How do I trust you? Listen, you know, we, we, we know each other. Hold on one second. Yeah. Every time you talk, you create a buffer. Just look at her and listen. You're killing me. Because there's no screen here. There's no delete button. This one you can't just control. And you have to actually not pretend you're dealing with distress, but actually be present for the distress. It's the girls too. Go ahead. I just want you to, I want you to not hurt me. I know, I know. I want you to put us first before yourself. I never wanted to hurt you. I wasn't, I mean, she's had many friends who've wanted her to end this. <laughs> Be strong, walk out. Why does that make you laugh? Um, I don't know. Talk to me about loss. In fact, not talk to me. Talk to her. I lost the ability to have kids the way most guys have kids. To, How has that been for you? You know, I never thought it, it, it was that much. I just rolled with it quick. But obviously it hurts me, right? I love the 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 some of, you know, my oldest, she has a lot of similar personality traits. And um, I, I love those traits. I love her sense of humor. I love her, her, her spiritedness. And the little one is, is ferociously funny. And, but I also feel sometimes distant, more distant than I want to be because I don't have that cellular connection. And it hurts me. And then it, and, and it, and it reinforces it when they hit that dig that I'm not the real father. I, I just feel like some sort of standby. Because he knows that he's not a genetic father, the biological father, he, he then interprets his distance as being rooted in that. But that's a construction. 
could have been about anything else. Maybe he's distant because he's too self-involved. Maybe he's distant because he doesn't like to be in a place where he doesn't feel competent. So everybody's using the same weapon. Him to explain himself, them to push him away and attack him. But if that wasn't the weapon, there would be another way for kids to tell their parents, I don't love you. You know, you're not my real person. You know, you know, how can I be your daughter? You mustn't be my father. <laughs> There's loads of ways that people try to say, you know, our relationship is broken. That is the statement, not the origins. You have a way of talking about very painful things in passing. Yeah. Like two surgeries, like many miscarriages. These things, even though you had your girls and you have to be thankful that they are there, these things, they scar us. And I think if you allowed yourself more of that sadness, you'd be less into your sense of I deserve. Hmm. Because your deserving is kind of the entitlement of the deprived. Hmm. And when I said to you before, why does that make you laugh? It's because it's the laughter of self-loathing. It's not a real laughter. You escape from something and you fantasize into something. And it's the something that we're trying to understand. Otherwise, you're going to continue to say, I don't want to hurt you, and then go call the other lady and hurt her. And in the end, you'll hurt both of them, and you'll have two women who are pissed off at you, who want you, and you will feel so important. <laughs> Ridiculous. You, you, you see I the know. dance? And the thing is, I, I love this woman. I love this woman. I love her. We're good together. We're good. You're an integral part of our family unit. Mm -hmm. But you're also someone that I really care about. I know. I love you too. You know that. It is like a roller coaster. That's why I, I've, I've kept going on and on. Yep. And when he says you know that, then your head says, well, if you know that I know, then why do you keep doing things that hurt me? Then right. obviously you don't. So no, I don't know it. Why would I know it? So that one is a slippery slope. It is. Yeah. And that's why I have to say, start saying to myself, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I don't want to be this person. Which one? The person that keeps letting it all slide by. I don't want to be that. I don't. There's more to me than that. What would happen if he moved out? He will move to Ohio? No. Mm. What will you do all alone? Me? Yes. You mm. will move to Ohio within a no, week? No, probably wouldn't yes. stay there very long. Where? Alone. No. I don't think so. I don't like being alone. I mean, I would try. You know, I, I don't know, I would try to be alone for a little bit, but I'm sure things would kick back up, right? With, a, with my friend in Ohio. Probably. 
<laughs> what are you giving me that look for? Because it's just, it is true. Well, I mean, that's what happened. It's like, what, it's like what that's what we've been saying all along. It's like, it's like you're, you're lying. You're lying I'm not to me. Lying. You're lying to her. You're lying, lying to yourself. Like, I'm not all lying. This is Actually, just, I'm not lying. I'm no, not. no, no. Exactly. That's exactly true. You're absolutely right. You would be, the reality is, is that within a week, you would, less than a week, you'd be right back into it. And honestly, and I would just divorce you. Okay. I, isn't it I so? Isn't it funny how pat how quickly we can get to the other side? I mean, it is a slippery slope. I mean that you can start you can start running down that mountain real quick. But you're provocative. I love you. I love you. I love you. I move out. I'll figure it out. I don't like being alone. I'll solve that problem really fast. I I just know me. I'm being honest. I I didn't say you're not honest. I'm saying you're provocative. You're asking why did you just go on the other side of the slope? Because you just literally put a banana peel under her foot. <laughs> and then you say she slips. Your honesty is valued, but it has consequences. Right. Because in effect, what you're saying to your wife is not being alone is really the important thing for me. You matter to me, but you know, if you're not there, I'll figure it out. How else is she to understand? What comes out is what leads to the next move. You say this kind of stuff, you're going to get that kind of answer. I know. So if you want an end to this misery, it's true that you will have to have a negotiation with the part of you that says, I deserve this. Right. It's less about the child you were and more about the adult you will be. Esther Perel is the author of Mating in Captivity and the State of Affairs, and also the host of the podcast, How's Work? To apply with your partner for a session for the podcast, or for show notes on each episode, go to whereshouldwebegin.estherperel.com. Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel is produced by Magnificent Noise for Gimlet and Esther Perel Productions. Our production staff includes Eric Newsom, Eva Walchover, Destry Sibley, Huote Gatana, and Olivia Nat. Recorded by Noriko Akabe. Kristen Mueller is our engineer. Original music and additional production by Paul Schneider. And the executive producers of Where Should We Begin are Esther Perel and Jesse Baker. We would also like to thank Nazanin Rafsanjani, Courtney Hamilton, Lisa Schnall, Nick Oxenhorn, Dr. Guy Winch, and Jack Saul. <laughs>